What is up ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Knowledge is Power podcast. And in today's episode, I had the pleasure to sit down with the powerful Grant McCusker as he shares his story of his entrepreneurship and his journey to get into where he is today. Grant was recently recognised for his innovation in the property letting industry when he was nominated and was a finalist in the 2020 Services Industry Entrepreneur of the Year Awards. So let me just pre-warn you guys that this podcast episode is packed, packed, full of value, just waiting to be had from those who are looking for it. I had such a good time on this podcast, picking Grant's brains, and hopefully that comes across in today's episode. Now Grant's a very, very busy man, so it was an extreme pleasure to have him on and to have him drop as much knowledge nuggets as he did. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So, welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge is Power podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we have got Grant McCusker. How are you doing, Grant? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. We uh, just had a good chat before we started recording. Um, and let me just pre-warn everyone, you're in for a good one today. Um, as Grant seems like he's a fountain of knowledge and he's been about um, for quite a while now. With, I'm sure he's got plenty of stories to tell. Um, so just to give people a, a bit of context on where you are at the minute um, with, so you've got your company Letting Cloud? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And is that, is, is that something you've been working on for, is that like a recent project you started or is it a couple of years old? So Letting Cloud was an idea that I had from uh, 2013, 2014. Um, I used to have a letting agency and we used to advertise on Rightmove, Zoopla, CityLets, Letting Webs, all these marketing places where you would go to search for a property to rent or whatever. Um, and you pay these guys probably in a collective about two grand a month and the service that you get back is dog meat, to be honest. So, you know, it was back then I was like, oh, I could do this, I could do this, build this website, you know, I could do this, no problem. Um, non-tech so you know I can build a basic website but nothing you know to, to, to be all singing and all dancing um, and it it kind of it kind of sort of just fizzled out a bit and purely just because people were feeding me stuff that you know oh you can't do this because the burn rate for this and you can't do this because it creates this amount of money and stuff you know um, so I just shelved it and went away and done other things, which we'll come on to later on. But um, I came back to an idea um, 2018, pulled out a hard drive, which I had put all this stuff for Lightning Cloud onto, um, had a look and was like, <laughs> you know, I've spent so much money and time doing this, you know, and the market's never changed. Um, so, you know, it's something that I really should get looking into again. So, um, so I, that's, that's where Letting Clouds came from. And since we launched officially in 14 February 
and we've just it's just grown arms and legs. Um, was that obviously in for the Entrepreneur Year Award on Wednesday night? Came fourth, well, in the the final four, and we've just won. Um, so it gets released on the twenty seventh of this month, um, which is Sunday, I think. Uh, we just won Letting Cloud, the most innovative property portal for twenty twenty. So you know, a year into the business, and we're scooping up awards already. So um, you know, it's we're on the right path as, as you know, where I'm looking at and where the team is looking at as well. So, yeah, so that's something that was back then, uh, you know, and, and it probably if it did come to the market back 2013-14, it probably would have been too early mm. and probably would have sunk. So, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in that if, if something's for you, it wouldn't go past you. So mm. um, it was probably the right time now because you've got your Airbnbs and your Ubers and stuff, and that's kind of where we are. Um, but we'll, we'll probably touch on that later on. But, um, yeah, that's so that's that's where we are now, and that's that's currently what I'm doing now. That nice. is my main focus now. So thanks for giving a bit of context on that. So we'll, we'll come on to that later on, um, and we'll, we'll dive right into that, the nice juicy stuff. But I want to learn a bit more about um, Grant McCusker growing up. Where did it all start for you? Um, are you were you a local Edinburgh boy? Did you grow up in Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Leith. Um, always, you know, will be from Leith, and you know, never forget your roots. Um, grew up um, single. Like my mum was single parent, um, and she worked about three jobs just so you know I could have a have a decent life. Um, and can it? You know, I was I was all right. Hated school, dyslexic, and I didn't even know that until um, until I, where was I? Was dyslexic? I got I tried to join the army, and that's when it sort of came came about that you know I couldn't pass this basic test to get in the army because I was as thick as men's basically, um, and that's how they put it across. Um, <clears throat> so that that kind of got highlighted then, and that would explain why you know my attention span at school was never there and. You know, I'd rather be making money, and uh, my mum's got letters that you know she'll will keep forever. But it's letters for the primary school saying that, you know, my mum needs to go into the school because uh, Grant's been working and getting paid. Um, you know, and I I used to have a paper round, and uh, where my mum stays, the shop right over the road used to be a like a corner shop, um, and I used to go in and used to see all these old like people walking every day to go and get their, back then, an evening news. Um, I, don't, I don't even know if it still goes in the paper format. Um, but you used to get, I'm sure it was like two additions to the evening news. So you used to get like a lunchtime one and then you used to get the evening one. So like you would see like old Jeannie going to get her paper at lunchtime. And then she obviously didn't get the news that she wanted. So she would go at tea time. And I was like, that's twice in a day these old folk are having to go and get a paper. So, you know, like, they didn't have a paper boy or girl, so I went in and said to the guy, you know, like, I'll, I'll start doing a paper round, and he gave me some agreement how much it would be. So it was like, it was like £5 for the week. and I had to deliver so many papers, and then he was like, right, okay. And then we grew it to, like, another street. So we're, like, getting another 10 customers. So then I needed to go and bring someone on. You know, like, now you look at it, you're like, ah, fucking hell. You know, that's, like, that's entrepreneurial spirit that's a business you know back then I was just like this is mad like I've got my mates to do my papers with me and 
you know what I mean? It got to the stage where I had like four or five people delivering papers and like I was standing in the shop dictating how, who was doing what. I wasn't actually delivering papers anymore. So I'd basically been a CEO or an <laughs> ND at the age of like 10, 11 year old or maybe younger dictating where these paper boys and girls went and stuff. So um, oh, mate, yeah, always, always done something to make money. Always. Um, just purely because we never had much money. So, you know, I, I had to create my own money. Um, but nah, brilliant life, brilliant, brilliant childhood growing up. Um, and I never ever forget where I've come from. Eh? Um, yeah. So, I like that. I like that. Um, it seems like the mix between your mum working three jobs and, and you having that entrepreneurial tendency sort of set you up. Yeah, yeah. Nah, definitely. Um, and, and you kind of learn and you kind of, as you grow older, you know, you've, you've maybe not had much. So, you know, you'd maybe get just, let's say for figure of speech, a pound, a pound's not much money nowadays, but back then a pound was a lot of money. Do you mm. know what I mean? You, you'd get a pound for your lunch and maybe your mate would maybe have two pound. You know what I mean? So you're like, ah, they've got two pound and I've only got a pound, you know? So you'd, you'd have to go and do something papers or collect to the glass juice bottles and take them back to get money you know what i mean because you used to get like 15 pence or 20 pence for a bottle yeah the old back bottles. then you know i so used yeah. to i used to go around all the workmen sites and i used to go and pick up all the glass bottles and then take them to the news agent and get the money back um and then i would end up working with the guys so like they used to dig up the street when they were putting in cable tv back then uh probably before you were even born <laughs> you've probably just thought that these cables were there all, all the time that actually somebody actually put them there so you could have internet um so these guys used to dig up the road and i used to like push barrels and fucking spade this like all this shovel all the stuff out and uh i used to get like they used to have a whip round at the end of the week so i'd make get about 20 quid you know what i mean so that was like, I could go and buy trainers or I could go and buy like a tracksuit or something like that. So mm. uh, my mum's got letters. We'll always keep them there um, to the school for, for me working when I really shouldn't have been. I'd rather <laughs> have been working at school, to be honest, because exactly. I never learned much at school. And, and how was the, the high school experience for you? Did you, did you? did you maintain that paper round and that, that entrepreneurial spirit? Was that still something that translated into? Uh, the paper paper rounds kind of died because the newsagent got turned into a a show home for houses that were well flats that were getting built on the street at the time. Um, you know, like your Scott Mid started to open up around, so you know they were taking business away from local, you know, newsagents, and so that shop went. Um, you get older, and it's it's harder to make money the older you get. So I used to work in like a pet shop. Um, on a Saturday and I used to work in a fishmonger's on a Saturday and I used to work in the baker's. So I used to like finish in the, the pet shop in the pet shop in the morning, like hoovering it and stuff and then go to the, the fishmonger's, work there for till the afternoon and then go up to the baker's for the rest of the day. Like you get money and you know, you get like free fish and free pies and stuff. That's probably why I'm fat now, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh you've just got to do what you need to do when you get older and then it, then it becomes kind of uncool you know so your mates are, are wanting to go out to the cinema or whatever you kind of be like oh i'm way to work in a fishmonger's because you would just get absolutely ripped so mm. um it kind of fizzled out um and i sort of just 
was I sort of just went with everybody else, whatever they were doing, I would do kind of things. But um, yeah, I never really dabbled much in the entrepreneurial stuff at school, apart from like, I don't know, buying stuff and maybe and selling it. But to be honest, it was never really, I would never say it was like a business or mm. anything like that at that age, but definitely primary school. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I set up the primary school tuck shop and as far as I'm aware, it still runs now. Um, you know, so somebody's profiting off my, <laughs> my stuff that I'd done years ago, you know, because um, they never had anything. That. <laughs> yeah, she's not a um, You know, they never had anything at primary school. Um, you had to take your own stuff in with you, you know, so uh, I set up a, let's buy loads of bags of crisps, loads of bars of chocolate and some morning rolls and some women in the, the uh, like office used to butter all the rolls and we used to sell them for like five pence or whatever it was. And I used to, whatever profits went in, went in to buy a new, new, mm-hmm. new stock again. So uh, as far as I'm aware, it still goes now. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. So that's your legacy left on the school. The tuck shop. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I saw then, my feet prints in the corridor for getting sent out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cemented into the floor. <laughs> yeah. So um, after you, so you went through high school, did you go into, you said you went into a job, you didn't really experience the entrepreneur ship straight away or did you, did you nah, so there? i went i left high school and um i was going to join the army um and i was due to go and job well, join the royal marines and then i was due to go and then my grand died and sort of just kind of i don't know I, i'm a firm believer in that if i joined the army i'd probably be dead now I just have that kind of luck and I'm just that kind of person. Like I just throw myself on anything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes then I think about what the actual consequences are or whatever. So I reckon if I probably did join the army, I'd be dead. That probably would be me. Um, so maybe I wasn't meant to go. Um, and that was maybe the way somebody, you know, looking back, you know, looking back, that's maybe what somebody was telling me to do. So uh, I never went and then ended up going to college um, to do sport and recreation. Um, or sports coaching um, and then went and done an HNC, HND um, and then I went on and done final year and well two years at Napier doing a, um, an uh, honours in uh, sports science. So that's kind of like, that is my background, like I'm a PT, qualified PT, it's probably lapsed now because I've never done it for years, mm. um, but like I've got a degree in sports science and uh, I'm a qualified PT and that's what I've done. I then went and worked for Edinburgh Leisure and worked there for a number of years and worked in the, as a lifeguard, worked in the gym, uh, worked as like a trainer assessor teaching people how to be lifeguards. And that's for me, like, you know, as much as there are some, I don't know, like some folk might think they're shit, some folk, for me, they're shit like it's a shit company to work for because nobody like they're all in it for each other nobody actually has like a clear vision of where they want to go um and for me it was just like you know i i i set up a thing that sounds trivial but um you know i was always looking for ways for the company to make money so they used to buy all these chemicals and cleaning stuff and toilet rolls and stuff and um you just used to throw them into a locker, well, into like a room. And if you needed it, you just went and helped yourself. And I was like, you know, like, you know what it's like in the workplace. People take black bags for their house and 
you know, they take uh, soap for that, whatever, or you mm. take whatever, you know. It happens all over the, the world, you know what I mean? It's not just Edinburgh Leisure. Um, and I was like, you know, the company's losing so much money here. So I went away and set up like a cleaning cupboard and um, they had to sign out. So like you counted how much come in and then you had, if you wanted something, you had to put it on a certain day and you had to sign it out. And like, I, I think I saved in a year, I think I saved the company like 30 grand. Do you know what I mean? 30 so, grand. <laughs> like, so, you know, and I said to them, you know, you need to, need to implement this over the whole company, not just in one leisure center. Ah, oh, it's too much hassle. And, you know, like they just... For me, they just never had the vision. Eh? Mm. And uh, it came, so I went and worked in the Colony Pool um, in the gym there. I was there for about a year and then went back to Ainsley Park. And uh, they, were, they were making redundancies. And um, so they, I was nominated to be redundant. Um, and uh, I, I remember sitting in front of the, the chairman and uh, or the CEO or chairman, whatever he was, a guy called Keith Jackson. And uh, he said to me, he's like, yeah, Grant, you're, you're, a, you know, you're a good employee. I was like, well, what the fuck am I sitting here for then, you know? And he was like, oh, you know, it's just, where do you see yourself in the, in, you know, in the next five years at Edinburgh Leisure? I went, well, for a start, I'll be sitting in your seat. So, <laughs> you know, and his face just dropped. Anyway, he left about, he left about six months after that. Um, and I took redundancy. Uh, nothing really worked out between us and you know what by then I could just I just had this vision that I didn't want to be there I used to speak to people every day and work and be like you know like one day I will be successful and I didn't want to work here and I can't see myself being successful as I want to be working here um, and I still speak to people now and, and they're like ah, you know whatever you said you are 100% true in what you said you know um, and I, I'm a firm believer in that if you talk something into into action, it will happen. You know, um, you just need to have the belief to actually make it happen. Um, so yeah, so I, so I, that was basically how I got to before I, I went into the business world. Um, took redundancy and um, dyslexic, so I'm not actually thick as mince. The just can't read a book. So if you were to give me a book, I can't read a book from front mm. to back or I can't take it in. Um, like I can read like four pages and I'm like, oh, this is boring. Do you know what I mean? Like, put it away. Um, but I bought this book, Duncan Bannantyne's Anyone Can Do It. And uh, I set up a cleaning company. So it was like 10 businesses you can start with a thousand pounds. So it was like wedding planners, like whatever, like birthday party planners and I was like not a chance of my doing that um one was a cleaning company and I don't know if you're familiar but in Edinburgh Leisure you're, you're in Edinburgh Leisure you're always cleaning like as much as you're doing your whatever your main job is you're always like cleaning the machines or you're cleaning the floors or whatever yeah um you know so and I was like you know I'd been there long enough I knew all the health and safety I knew stuff you know so I was just like I'm going to set a cleaning company up so set a cleaning company with a thousand pounds um, and that was the start of the trajectory to where I am now. Um, not that I'm anywhere different to anywhere else, like, but you know, I'm, I've I've taken myself to a new level. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how I got started in the in the business world, properly. Properly. Yeah. So then, how long were you in the cleaning business for? So um, started the cleaning company in two thousand and nine. Um, 2010, 
we well I got nominated for Young Entrepreneur of the Year um, by then we had kind of so it was like end of 2008 beginning of 2009 and within that year building up to 2010 we had managed to well I had managed to gain contracts with the police back then it was Loving and Borders Police before it changed over to Police Scotland um, Fire Brigade um, Edinburgh Council like I'm meaning big contracts so I put myself and I put the, the team of people that used to work for me. I used to have 12 full-time cleaners that worked, for, like, worked with me. Um, so I put about four of them and myself through a, what's called a, a crime scene and hazardous cleaning um, course, which was like three weeks, something like that. Um, and basically that makes you eligible to go into like a crime scene once the body and all that's been removed. And, you know, if somebody's been murdered, there's like blood everywhere, you've got to clean that up before someone else comes in. I mean, you didn't think about these things, you know, you just think they probably scoop the body up in a bag and take it away and, you know, somebody moves back in the house again. But actually, you know, there's a whole rigmarole that goes on before anyone else, or like out with the police or whatever, can come into that, that property. Um, so, I so, I mean, I've seen like millions of crime scenes. Um, and then it takes you into another area as well. So, anyone who's got like HIV or AIDS or anything that's like dangerous, um, you know, if they're in a house and there's blood and over there, like if they're homeless or whatever, or they've just been given like a temporary accommodation or whatever, and they inject and there's like blood over the wall, it's a specialist team that has to come in and clean it up. It's, mm. It can't just be we genie with our, our cloth and, and we clean it off the wall, you know what I mean? So, um, so we were the only company in the whole of Scotland that done that. So, I mean, like, we were going out at, like, three in the morning after somebody's been, like, stabbed in a, in a stairwell, having to clean the stairwell up and stuff. So, um, so we, yeah, so we got, well, I got nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year, and then the business got nominated for uh, BT Business of the Year 2010. So, um, on the back of that, so it's quite funny because I had read Duncan Bannantine's book, but on the back of winning that, you got... Um, Duncan Bannantyne as your mentor for a year that was part of the package um, so I mean you don't really you maybe see him like once or twice in the year because he's got a team of people that deal with you so they just try and like guide you through where they can you know help you marketing and stuff like that so marketing skills that I use now and, and throughout my business career have, have stemmed from winning that award or and having that you know luxury of then a dragon to, to help you through so um, so yeah, that, that took us into the, you know, we're doing a lot of contracts for letting agents. Um, generally, we were turning over a good, good chunk of money every year. So, you know, the business grew and grew and grew. And then, it breaks my heart to say this, but then we opened up to the EU um, and we saw an influx of uh, Eastern Europeans and Polish people, Lithuanians and stuff, which look, I have none against, you know, I'm no racist or anything like that. But what happens there is when people like that come into this country, they take away, so, you know, this is going to sound probably really negative, but it doesn't mean to come across this way at all. Um, you know, they, they can come to this country and, you know, they don't have the same overheads at the very, very beginning as what a resident here does. So, you know, they could go and work for £5 an hour cleaning somebody's house, you know, where I can't because I've got an office, I've got insurance, I've got 
pay it, you know, tax, everything all on top of that mm. cleaning costs. So I'm going in for, like, let's just say £10 an hour. And so straight away, I'm losing customers. So I lost, I lost a whole lot of customers just, just through that kind of, that process that happened. Um, but it kind of opened my eyes to other avenues. Mm. Um, and, you know, as I said, as I know, probably will always say through the podcast, it, something happens and it happens for a reason. Um, you know, so that took me on to, to starting up a letting agency. Um, but I didn't want to shoot away ahead in case you've got a question. Well, it was, I've not really got a question as, as such. It's, but it was more that, that you're not saying that these, you know, these Eastern Europeans or whatever, whoever came in, you're not saying that they were, were doing anything bad. It was just that they had less overheads, which presented them an opportunity. That's what yeah, it seems yeah. like you're saying. So uh, yeah. it, it, didn't, it didn't come across negative to me, and I don't think it will um, to any of the listeners. So, what what's the timeline looking at? So you started at 2009, and then that then you transitioned into setting up a letting agency. What what timeline yeah. are you on here? So, so 2010. Um, so we used to do um, loads of work for for loads of letting agents, and one of the the probably biggest well one of the biggest back then. Um, I'm not going to name name any names, but um, we used to do all their work for them, all their cleaning contract work for them. Um, and it got to the point where we would be in cleaning a flat and I'd get a phone call. This is before like emails and everything was synced to your phone and stuff. And I'd get a phone call and it'd be, oh, while you're there, can you take a meter reading while you're in this property? While you're there, um, you know, can you do this? Can you take pictures? Can you do this? And the final one was, um, while you're there, um, there's two tenants. You've got the keys for the property. There's two tenants on their way around. Can you show them around? And I was like, sorry. And they were like, yeah, can you show them around? And I was like, they were like, just, just bill us. And I was like, wait now, like they're ripping the landlord off at the other end here because I'm doing their work for them, you know? And I was just like, I'll show them around. But I was, so in my head, I was like, I need to do something here. That's like, I could start my own letting agency and provide a much better service than what these donkeys are doing. So um, my middle name's Alexander and uh, Crombie in Edinburgh, just, I don't know, it just, there's like a Crombie Butchers, there's like Crombie Joiners and stuff like, back then they were like award winning. And I was like, you know, you put Alexander and Crombie together, it sounds like really, really good. Mm. And it sounds quite posh and it sounds- yeah, and, and you know, it sounds like it's been going for like hundreds of years, you know. So, um, so that that's what I've done. So I called, set up a company called Alexander Crombie, um, built a website myself, um, got the boy who used to give us all the work from this this letting agent, and said to them, "Look, you want to come work for me?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, that'd be amazing." I was like, "The only thing is, you're not going to get paid until you bring over all your clients for this letting agent." And he was like. Don't know if I could do that, and I was like, "Well, you've not really got a choice, eh? Do you know what I mean? Like, you need to bring them over. You're not going to get paid." So um, he was like, "All oh, right, okay." So what we done is, um, or what I done was, this was before GDPR. So yeah. you know, nowadays you couldn't do it, but back then you could do whatever you really wanted. Um, so I, so when they give you an invoice, they give you all these landlord details, and uh, you know, I used to phone up the landlords and say, "You know, I'm such and such from this company." 
um, just to let you know that I'm moving company. Um, I'm moving over to this company called Alexander Crombie, you know, a reputable company, you know, got an outstanding uh, reputation in the industry, etc. Look, the company wasn't even formed, you know. <laughs> Um, this is our website if you want to go and have a look and what I used to do is I used to get my mates and say to them look any chance you can do me a favour can I come to your house take pictures of the house and put it up on my website and say like you know it's available for rent I was like nobody will ever come to the house don't worry about it nobody will ever know that it's your house I was like just need to look like I've got loads of properties on my website Yeah. Um, and I used to get two let boards made up um, and I made them up myself so I used to go to B&Q get the wood paint them, cut them in and like put a slit down them, screw the board through them and then like put them in my car and drive around Edinburgh and like tie them to, so like, you know, like outside housing estates. So there was maybe like three or four like other agents got their boards up, you know, too late and I used to tie them around and people would phone and be like, oh, is that property for a rent? And I'm like, oh, it's actually just gone like literally <laughs> five minutes ago. So I then have to drive and take the board down and like drive somewhere else and put it up and uh, like there was never even a property there in the first place, but it was just about creating a brand and creating a market presence. Um, and everyone would be like, who the fucking hell is this Alexander Crombie? Um, so uh, so that's what we done. And then, so that was 2010. And by 2011, we had just under 100 properties onto the books. Um, oh. And there was a, so we used to, because the name is Alexander, we used to um, get mistaken sometimes for, DJ Alexander, who's like well known in Edinburgh, Glasgow, etc. So um, everyone used to be like, "Oh, you're the guy that's got uh, DJ Alexander," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," you know, <laughs> like just <laughs> like you have to just wing it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then because obviously my name was Grant, there was another company called Grant Management. So everyone would be like, "Oh, oh, that's Grant. Uh, he'll he'll help you." You know, his company's company's massive. Grant Management. You know, go and speak to Grant. And I'd be like, hi, come and speak to Grant, you know, because um, my company isn't even called that. But um, so, hi. So, um, so, so, 2013, um, we won uh, Letting Agent of the Year throughout the whole UK. And then 2015, I sold the business. So, um, you know, that's, that's a short, well, it's a short clip of a five year business. Um, which kind of takes me to a wee bit that, you know, you're probably in the generation that you probably are, or people around your age will probably think that, you know, overnight successes happen like instantly. And, you know, you see all these Forex pish and Herbalife and uh, anything that's like a quick fix, quick fix, quick buck pyramid scheme is bullshit. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, if, if, it was, if it was that easy, I'd be doing it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and nothing like that works. Um, it's just a way somebody's making money somewhere along the line and you're not. Um, so, you know, a firm believer that it's a five-year cycle. Every business is a five-year cycle. The one I just sold in January there was a five-year cycle. So, you know, all the businesses I've had and sold have all been five-year cycles. Mm, five-year cycles. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you, you, you'll struggle to sell a business younger than five years unless you're doing really, really, really well. Um, and then if anything can you over five years you know you're then going into a different ball game altogether so mm -hmm. uh, so then that that takes me into to where I was um, with the letting agency sold that um, and kind of 
kind of thought I was had made it. Um, you know, naivety on my part. I'd never had that kind of much money before, so um, you know, I just didn't really know what to do. Took time out. Um, fell into a really dark place. Fell into a really dark hole. Um, and sort of struggled to get out a bit. Um, and it's something that you know I still struggle now. Still, not so much struggle. I know how to deal with it. Um, but yeah, like you know, still kind of find myself slipping into a slight depression now and again. Um, and it's sometimes I take too much on on mm. myself. Um, but that just purely stemmed back to one. I wouldn't say having too much money and not know what to do with it because you know, it wasn't the case. But um, you know, not having it, thinking I had made it when actually I had never made it at all. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it kind of takes me to the football world as well, where you know I've seen and I still see it now. You know, young lads coming through. You know, having been in the game, as we'll probably touch on as well, but. Um, having been in the game and seeing young lads coming through and they come in in the Mercs, the Audis, the flipping Range Rovers and stuff, you know, 18, 19 year old, you know, I'm talking like Premier League clubs, I'm not talking like, yeah, you know, low, yeah. low league level or whatever, um, you know, coming in, they've got the all the Gucci gear and stuff and, you know, it's like £600 tracksuit and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing buying that? And they're like, I don't know, like, can I afford that? You know, and it's like, well, mate, you've not actually made it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's a shame. And I think there's a lot of people like that now as well. And I think kind of Instagram, I think Facebook maybe. I'm not really sure. I didn't really use Facebook much. But, you know, I think like the, the Instagram kind of thing, people probably look at my Instagram. I don't know. I genuinely, I don't use, I don't use it in that way. But, you know, I've got quite a big reach. Um, and... People probably look at my page and think, oh, his life's amazing. Like, you know, he's fucking always playing golf, which, to be fair, the last couple of weeks I have been. Hope <laughs> um, uh, none of my employees are listening to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, oh, he's always been golf. He's got a nice car and, like, oh, he's always here and he's got, like, oh, he's got good gear and stuff like that, you know. But that's just a byproduct. You know, that's materialistic pish, you know. Um, you know, I could lose that car tomorrow, but. I I couldn't, but you know, like I could sell that car tomorrow, um, and and I drive, you know, I drove a, a wee two seater, two thousand and seven, I think it was Tigra, for like three years. It, the private plate was worth more than the car, you know. Like it genuinely, these are materialistic things that yeah. people nowadays get themselves rattled up to yeah. eyeballs in debt. Put their for, puts for, on a pedestal. They put that material stuff yeah. on a pedestal. And do you know what? Probably all that is for is because they want to go oh look on Instagram you know like mm. I've got this you know it's on PCP mate it's not yours you know it gets handed back next week um, so I think we're kind of living in a generation like that and it's quite sad in a way you know I, I missed it because my generation I went through a generation of not having an internet or a laptop or a computer to actually come in into that you know so I, I missed that whole thing growing up with that um, do, do you think that'll have a, a rubber band effect? Do you think that it'll go so far this way, like say that it goes so far in the material mm. way that it'll have a rubber band effect and people will start to de uh, detach value from the material things and start to um, go the uh, other? Mm. Yeah, I mean, don't know. I've never really thought into it too much, if mm. I'm being brutally honest. 
um, I just see it more and more now that I'm I'm a bit more active on Instagram, uh, just for business, purely just for business, and also I'm a wee bit nosy as well. But um, you know, I, I do see it a bit. Um, I do think that the all these social media platforms will have their day one day. You know, I think they'll have their time, but I, like you know, TikTok, TikTok was I think big. Never was never on it. But, you know, it's just, I hear it. You know, I hear all mm. these kind of things that have been in the tech world. Um, you know, TikTok was, was a big thing during lockdown. Why was that? Because everyone was in their house. What else did they to fucking do for, you know, 10 hours of the day or whatever, dance about and make videos, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't yeah. know. It's, a, it's one that you need to really kind of look at. But I do think they'll, they'll all have their day one day. But what goes first, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, is, it, it seems like such a, um, like a with the social media, there, there's, there's such massive entities that I, I feel like, in my head, the analogy is like a big cruise ship. It takes a lot to turn around a cruise ship. Yeah. Whereas if it's a little nimble boat, it turns around on a dime. Yeah. And it's going so far down one way that changing that path can be, can be a, a, a massive task. So then, just to to get back onto the timeline of where, um, I know we were going down a bit of a rabbit hole there, but um, to go back onto the timeline. So you've got your letting and see you've 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 done a five year cycle with that, and then what was next on the cards for Grant after that? Took took a while out, and probably took about six six months out. Um, Played golf and. Uh, just enjoyed kind of life, went on holiday and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then got into property developing. Um, I've always kind of liked homes under the hammer and, you know, I was like smashing things up. So, you know, it's um, got into the property developing and, and it took off. Um, you know, not very many people were doing it back then. I think everybody's doing it now. But, um, you know, not many people were doing it. And so what I used to do is I'd, I never actually done like, any of the trade work so i just used to coordinate like mates or trades coming in and doing all the work and yeah yeah and just basically project managed stuff Mm. made money out of that and flipped them for people and flipped them for for you know like mates and stuff um and then i went and done some courses with sfa um and kind of a weird story how I got into it but um, I then got myself in, in at Rangers um, so I was at Rangers for like two seasons um, as a, well, I started off as a scout and then went into like head of recruitment and player development um, so that was when Mark Warburton and Davey Weir were there um, and so I was there for like, what, about two seasons um, so it was there Season that went up, well, so one season in the championship, and then the season that went up to the championship. And then when Mark left, um, or Mogsat well, left, whatever happened with him, uh, I was part of that regime, so I had to leave as well. Um, so, you know, I worked in the top, basically the top flight of Scottish football and then English football when skipping a wee bit forward. Um, you know, Mark Warburton went to QPR. Um, and obviously knew the Scottish market up here. And by this point, I was at Spartans um, with the Spartans 20s and first team. 
um, and we won the quadruple that like were there. So I kind of kind of ticked all the boxes that I wanted to do in the coaching side and mm. the, you know the the recruitment side, um, and basically went in as like a consultant to QPR, um, creating a, a recruitment platform for uh, for to recruit in Scotland. Um, and off the back of that, Lyndon Dykes is one of them. Apart from Lee Wallace and Liam Kelly, uh, they were the first two to, to go out of Scotland, but they were already, Mark already knew their players because we were already, at, he knew them from Rangers. From Rangers. Uh, so Lyndon Dykes is the first kind of one to come off the back of the, the strategy that I had built and put in place for, for Mark at, at QPR. So, but I'm done in football now. Um, no time for that at all now, to be honest. Um, I'm enjoying the golf and uh, it's just and, and obviously letting cloud takes up a majority of my time on a seven day week. So um, you know, to to go back into football, you're about twelve, fifteen hours a week coaching and and then playing on a Friday or a Saturday, whenever whatever age group you're at. Um, and then you're always looking to see what the younger ones are doing, you know, to try and see who's good at coming through. And before you know it, it's a full time job on top of a full time job <laughs> on top of trying to play golf, you know. So yeah, um, yeah that's so that's that's the football side. Um, back into the the property developing, um, started to do that. Uh, couple of my mates, um, we started a clothing brand. Um, so it was a it was an idea that basically I wanted to do. Um, I'm friends with the guys who own Gymshark, so um, Ben and Lewis, um, and I was kind of admired by what they were doing. Um, and I thought, you know, what, I could, like we I could do this. You know, something there's a market there. This was before your uh, gym kings and your uh, whatever else everybody wears in the gym, be inspired and stuff mm. like that. What this is before that. So we came up with the idea of Flex Thirteen. Um, and we started to produce vests and t-shirts and um, I think the Instagram page and that's still there. Um, we had like athletes doing bodybuilding and uh, we used to sponsor them. And uh, and then it kind of got into like um, three people try to do this business with all the same mindsets. So we all wanted to win. We were all in it for ourselves. Um, and we, like, we all just fell out of eh? Like mm-hmm. some of us still speak now, but you know, um, you know, it, it's a kind of funny one where you you try and go into business with people that one have probably say you didn't really know in a, in a way that in that way, mm-hmm. um, and two, when everybody's got the same mindset, it's very very hard. You know, everybody needs to be different for if you're going into like a freeway business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then invested into nightclubs. Um, used to have a night. Well, used to have a share in a nightclub. That went tits up. Um, used to do like taxi stuff. Um, that wasn't it for me. Um, look, I've done, I've done loads of stuff, loads and loads of stuff. Some stuff I've wasted a lot of money doing, you know. But I'm a firm believer if you didn't try it, then you know you'll never ever know. Um, but then it took me back to to letting cloud. So um, letting clouds the main focus now. Um, I sold Crombie contracts in January, February, well, January, the actual acquisition went through in February there. So that's now owned by a maintenance company 
Um, so they bought the remainder of the business and stuff. So um, that gave me a wee bit money, more money now to to bootstrap Letting Cloud and take this to the next level. So that's um, that's basically my nutshell of like where I've been and how I've got to there and what I've done. And yeah, aye. It certainly sounds like you've had a, a fair kick of the ball, Grant, if I'm being honest. Doesn't sound like a lot, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right. So all your time has now been invested into to Letting Cloud. Are you, yeah. are you able to debunk the myth that, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is it, it cuts down your workload and, and, and you can do more things? Like, and, and so that, let, me, let me throw this back to you because you've just, you've just mentioned the word entrepreneur and this fucking annoys me when people say this. <laughs> to you, what's an entrepreneur? Do you class, uh, do you, what do you classify as an entrepreneur? Um, what do you classify as a businessman? Mm. So, initially, first gut reaction, an entrepreneur, I'd probably break it down into someone who notices a problem, finds a solution, and then implements, executes against that solution and, and is able to make a, um, a living off that. And, and yep. a businessman in my head is someone who um, is an operator of a business, but also has a team around them that 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 is maybe that, that complements him but he's more of an operator of a business as opposed to an entrepreneur who's all encompassing and yep. um you know as 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 someone who's got a full understanding of creativity in a business and execution is that yeah. is, is that so, something um, no you're probably about 90 percent right i um, you've obviously done your homework because that is like the biggest bugbear in my life. Um, somebody who sells Herbalife, somebody who, I don't know why I keep going to Herbalife, but it's the only thing I can really think of. Um, somebody who does Forex trading, somebody who does something for someone else, that's not an entrepreneur. You're a business person, you know, because that's not your idea. You're not creating something to to you know fix the solution to then and sell it you know you could never go and sell Herbalife as a as a brand because it doesn't belong to you mm -hmm. you know you're selling a product of something else um sorry if you sell Herbalife and you're listening <laughs> to it. it's the only thing I can really think of you know what I mean like I don't, I don't it's probably the one that's had the most attention and the most uh, eyes yeah, yeah I mean it does work there is people make a living of it but you know to make a living, you have to be able to be at the top of that pyramid before you're actually going to make a, a proper full-time living out of it. Mm -hmm. um, an entrepreneur is someone, yep, agree, who finds a solution, who, who, well, finds a problem, creates a solution and makes a living out of it. But also, for me, the entrepreneur is, because anybody can make a living out of doing something, you know, whether it's a big living or a small living, you know, I, I do respect that there is an entrepreneur somewhere in there. But for me, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is someone who has gained success from exiting a company, you know, because people can create businesses and they go debunked, you know, a year along the line or uh, they might never, ever make up a, a, a profit. Is that an entrepreneur? I don't think so. Some people might argue that it is, but, you know, I don't think so because you're not actually creating all this money or you're not creating, you know, something for yourself. 
Look, you could probably go into it, but that is the biggest bugmare um, in my life is when people say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. What have you done? How, mm. how have you... How have you sit? How can you sit there and say you're an entrepreneur as what? You know what I mean? Um, that that's, like, that resonates with me, mate. Because um, there was a time in 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 in, in my uh, my journey to where I am now is where I was trying to create a marketing agency because I invested in this course. I thought this course would be the the ticket to becoming an entrepreneur and living, you know, that lifestyle. Yeah. And I was I was under the guise of I'm an entrepreneur doing this, doing this thing. But then it, when it came to actually trying to do this thing, trying to execute, trying to get clients, trying to, to, to run a business, it wasn't clicking for me and it didn't, I wasn't being fulfilled by it and it wasn't my passion. So I felt like I was lacking in, in areas because I wasn't, I, I was doing it because I wanted to be known as Gary Tickle, entrepreneur, not yeah. Not, I wasn't doing it for the correct reasons that 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 left me vulnerable, um, later than the line, which eventually I had to to suffocate myself out of, um, yep. and I, I feel like that was a a pitfall that some people might not actually get out, and, yeah. and and might not get out of that that hole, which can lead to further bad decisions, further commitment, or and it, it just it felt like. If you're not getting fulfillment from it, and it's it's not your passion, it's not sustainable. I don't know if you can relate to that, but that's yeah. No, I mean, like this is this is what I'm saying. Like you know, and I go back to Instagram. You know, I go back if I go on Instagram now and type in a keyword of entrepreneur, right? There'll be people on there that probably I don't know, probably are up to their eyeballs in debt, or they just, you know, it's fine being in debt if you're if you're actually trying. I mean, James Dyson from the Hoovers was like twenty million or billion, twenty million or whatever in personal debt before Dyson Hoovers actually made any money. You know what I mean? So like that's an entrepreneur, and it's not just because it's twenty million. It's you know he he sees he's seen the problem and he knew that he was onto something. Like I've put in all I've got into Letting Cloud to get this to where it is now. You know, to go to the next stage, I need to raise money, investment to get to the next level. Um, so, I mean, if this doesn't work, I'm out of money. I, I'm out of pocket. You know what I mean? Mm. But I've taken the risk to do that because I know that I'm on to a winner. You know, I've, I know that what I'm doing is the right thing. Um, some people will, will maybe get their sale into debt or courses, as you said, just so they can have this tagline of entrepreneur. Why? Like... Just go and do your life, do your job, do whatever you're doing, do it to the best of your ability. Why do you need to have this entrepreneur? Probably sounds contradicting because if you go to my Instagram page, I've got a thing that says entrepreneur underneath it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I probably do sound a bit contradicting, but it's there's a reason for that, and it's you know I use Instagram as a as a marketing tool, mm. you know, f- for certain things that I do. So, um, you know, I get a lot of traction and a lot of reach off of you know, certain things for, for business. So, um, so I, so, you know, probably going away on a different tangent here, but, um, I, it's one of these things. There's a, for me, there's a fine line between entrepreneur and business person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't sound to me. It doesn't sound like you are being contradictive there because 
you've lived it. You've lived mm. the, that lifestyle. So then you've got real experience in what it actually takes, the sacrifice, the dedication, yeah. the conviction, the, the hours spent slugging away, trying to achieve what you've envisioned and you've became entangled with, it sounds like you became entangled with your, your the, the vision of, for example, letting cloud. You've become entangled with the future of that, which is, yeah. which I feel like is, is a big part of, of trying to grow something, to, is to really yeah. fall in love with what you're trying to create. No, you have to. You have mm-hmm. to. Because if, see if you don't, see when you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself, what, what am I doing? Like, see when you start getting to that point, whenever you question what you're doing, give up. Like, I'm being honest, give up. Because see if, you're, see if you wake up and you go, this isn't for me, but you still continue to do it, you're wasting your life, you know? Go and do something that you would enjoy doing or go and do just a job that you enjoy doing and it's a, it's a, a basic salary or whatever, you know, you get well paid or whatever, you know? Um, because see if you don't enjoy it, you're never ever going, you're just going to regret it in the years to come, you know? If I didn't enjoy what I do, I would have no qualms of going and working in a shop or going and working, you know, and get like on a factory or whatever, you know, I'd have no qualms of doing that at all. One, because I'd never ever forget where I've came from, but two, uh, you know, you need to make money to live. Like people say, oh, money's the route to evil and stuff like that. Uh, it can be if you're that kind of person, but you need money to live and you need money to be able to achieve things in life. Um, and you need money to make you happy. And it doesn't, it's not that phrase where you hear people saying that you never see a sad man driving a Ferrari because trust me, you do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know loads of folks that drive cars like that and they're sad bastards, you know, and they never smile. So, um, you know, it, it, it's just do something that makes you happy, whatever it is, you know, um, because it's the only way you're going to achieve things in life. Um, and, you know, it, it, every day, if I think, if I can inspire someone, so this is another reason why I use Instagram more than, I started to use Twitter a wee bit more as well now, but um, Instagram more than any other one is because, Every day I'll post something to do with like mindset, positive mindset. You need to have a strong mind and I know that from my dark days. So you need to have a strong mind because if you don't, if you don't have a strong mind, you'll, you'll be vulnerable to, to anything really. Um, you know, and, and when you become vulnerable, you can get led down roads that, you know, drink, drugs, you know, whatever, you know, um, and it's not really a road that anybody wants to go down because it's not a road that you can always turn back on. So, you know, every day, wherever it is in the day, normally morning time, you know, I get up and I go like a two hour walk or a 40 minute run or whatever. But I, I didn't really document that much um, because that's my own personal thing. But every day I'll post something to do with mindset. So it's normally a quote. I don't know if, if, you, if you notice these kind of things. It's normally a quote on something, you know, and I just think to myself, if I can inspire one person, so however many people, I don't know, I've got about 10,000 people that follow on Instagram. If 10,000 people, I don't know how many people read the story, I didn't check these things, but if 10,000 people read it and I inspire one person, I'm happy because I've inspired that one person to maybe do something or they read that, that quote and go, fucking hell, that's me, like, 
maybe or whatever the quote says you know what i mean like maybe i need to do that or like just just be happy or like smile or something someone's like i feel shit you know like actually he's just cheered me up you know if i can make one person happy that day you know i I didn't speak to someone to be able to do that because i've got a platform there that does it you know so if i can do that i take my box for that day you know i'll never ever know i'll never ever know if i do motivate that one person but i'm a firm believer that if i didn't why would people look at it Mm. do you know what i mean it seems like you're someone who doesn't need that 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 gratification back from like someone texting you saying you have you don't need that it sounds like you're fulfilled by carrying out that action because you know that it can that can have like a butterfly effect yeah i mean i look i'm a firm believer i'll I'll go my way to help anyone as long as it didn't take the piss and as long as you know i see something back in return but i mean like i'll no name any names but you know like i've helped someone that we both know set up a plumbing business you know I've never asked for a penny, never asked for any shares in the company or anything like that because I know that person's got the belief and they've got, I can see it in them. They've got that drive to take this business and do well and they want to succeed. Now, you know, I, I, get, a, I get a kick out of that because I'm like, you know, I could potentially be creating the next entrepreneur here, mm-hmm. you know? What, what, what harm is it for me to do that? None. You know, it's cost me nothing. You know, it's my time. You know, I'm I'm giving my time for for free, basically. You know, um, but it's giving me that that kick that you know I'm helping someone achieve their goal because I found it really hard when I was taking on this entrepreneurial journey, like when I got made redundant. You know, I found it really hard to try and find mentors. I didn't know anybody. You know, I was coming from an industry like a, a gym industry where everybody worked for somebody to, to now going out on my own. So I had to go meet all these people. I had to go and like knock on people's doors that I knew were like quite successful or go to events and like talk to people that I didn't even know or didn't even want to talk to. But I had to talk to them because, you know, if you don't talk to people, you'll never ever know who you're talking to. And trust me, I've met some big time people, billionaires, you know, millionaires, multi-millionaires, you know, I've sat on panels for the Prince's Trust um, with a guy called Sir Tom Hunter who used to own, um, was it JD Sports? I think it was JD Sports, sold it for, for over a billion pound. You know, I, I can go and, I can go knock on his door now and ask him, and this isn't like a bragging thing. Mm-hmm. This is just me. Like, I am one of these people that if I want something or if I want to know something, I'll like knock down walls and glass ceilings to get the answer. Yeah. And that's just me. That's how I've got to where I am. You know, some people are like, oh, he's a bit obnoxious or whatever. No, I'm not. I'm just, I know what I want. I know where I'm going. I can see it. And if you want to follow me on the journey, you can follow me. You know, I'll tell everybody my failures. I'm happy to sit here and I've already told you, like I've invested in nightclubs. I've invested in clothing brands. I've lost thousands you know, mm-hmm. if you didn't have failures, you'll you'll never ever know what success feels like because everything will just feel the same until you lose something. So you've got to lose something to be able to go, do you know what? I know what that feeling to lose something is and I know what the feeling to have success is and I like the feeling of success better. Mm-hmm. I'd rather money was, you know, chinging into my bank account than actually going out it. 
So you, you need to you need to find that even thing. And it, look, I'll always say to someone, if you've got a question, goes to you, it goes to anyone who listens. Like you can reach out to me, I'll answer you. You know, ask me a question, or if you want to know, like how do you how do you do this or whatever. Look, if I if I don't know the answer, I'll probably be able to go through my phone book and and get somebody that knows the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I've created like a contacts list over the years, um, you know, and and it's the same way. I was saying, you know, that that lad that set up his plumbing business, um, you know, he, he just, he, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew he wanted to work for himself, you know. So how does he do it? He asks me and I'll say, like, this is how you do it. You know, mm. you need to do this. Now he's, he's, he's flying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Same with other people. Um, there's not just that one example. There's loads of other people come to me and say, you know, like, I've got this idea, what do you think? And I'll be like, mate, look, I'm going to tell you, I'll be brutally honest, it's shit, you know? And I wouldn't want you to go like two years try to do it and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think it's shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But if you want to do it, go and try it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't yeah. give up your full-time job to to try and do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you, seem, you, you seem to me like someone who's got uh, an abundance mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset. Like, how important is that? very important like mindset's like the key thing and you know what like see if someone said to me i've been in business what so like nearly coming up 12 years if someone said to me when i was 25 say right or or 21 like your age you're 21 20 20 so someone said to me when i was 20 mate go and go and meditate for five minutes every morning Mate, I probably would have smacked you or I probably would have told you to fuck off because I'd been like, who's this absolute zoomer? Like, this guy's off his rocket here. You know what I mean? Like, telling me to meditate. <laughs> Mate, it's the best thing I could I could ever advise anybody to do. Like, I'm no meaning, like, sit there like a wee Buddhist monk and meditate. I don't mean that at all. Just mindfulness. Mindfulness is, like, the key, one of the key things to success. See, every morning, mate, I, I walk from like to Joppa so it's like two hours every morning um, do that probably like five days out of the week so it just depends on what's on that morning um, so like at the moment so it's like pitch black when I'm away walking to Joppa and back every morning I meditate for five minutes now I didn't sit there like mm, or anything <laughs> like that right it's just soothing music through like a free app and it's just through the headphones and mate just sit and just deep breaths clears the head see for the rest of that day sets you up see going out and probably when I was your age mate I was never in you know I used to DJ uptown like in nightclubs and stuff so I was never in I was away at house parties after DJing and stuff like that see now you know fair enough I was later in starting my, my like my business life um, you know and, and I've lived that life I'm quite happy now just staying in I genuinely I'm a hermit like I'm quite happy just to play golf come home bottle of wine boom never drunk wine in my life till recently mm-hmm. um you know and just and just chill and it's so much it's, i find it so much beneficial um i went out the other weekend there and i died for three days after it you know business suffers my mentality suffers you know um mm-hmm. look you've got to be young you've got to enjoy yourself but when you're young and you're trying to do something in life you know you've got to find that that box you know, going out, 
spending like 300 quid on a night out, what do you get for it? What do you achieve for it? You know, you've probably spent like 600 pound on trainers and jeans and a t-shirt to go as well for what? So you can look good in a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes me back to the what we spoke about at the very beginning, materialistic things, you know. I've been there, I've done it, I've got it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've done it, I've been there. But is it something that, you know, the younger generation that would do? Like, you know, young lad I was telling you about, the, the business, you know, bought a pair of trainers, like 400 quid or whatever. You know, as a new business starting with these pair of trainers, you know, what's the first thing I said to him? What the fuck are you doing? Like, do you need these trainers? Nah, no, really. Could that £400 have gotten you something else for your business? Probably. What, the fuck you do? <laughs> what are you doing it for? Do you know what I mean? One day, when you're a wee bit older, you'll be able to buy two pairs of day trainers and not even be bothered about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Get yourself to that level first and then start thinking about the materialistic things. Um, so my, my mindset's, as I said, if somebody had said to me, when I was your age, uh, I mean, I'm 35, so there's like 15 years between us. If someone had said to me when I was your age, um, mate, go and, go and meditate and uh, didn't buy these trainers, I probably would have told you to fuck off and I'm being mm. really honest there. See now, totally different. And do you think that's something that came through age or is it coming through experience? You know, as some people get older, do you think that starts to, you know, materialism and things like that starts to decline as you start to hold more value in other things, as in like spending time with family or, or, yeah. or you start to, does your value structure shift? Probably, it's probably a weird one because um, it probably comes with age, but also probably comes with experience and, um, so like everybody that I speak to in business or like lean on in business to get to where I am now, people, a lot of people are all older than me. They're all like late forties, no, probably mostly early fifties to like late seventies. Mm. Like, there's one guy I speak to for in business who's like eighties. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I kind of, I kind of think that, being around older people has has helped me and it has probably changed my mindset um because you know when you're younger um it's not really it sounds like i'm being negative against young people but i'm not i'm just like when you're younger you're always in your own peer group you know even if you're like starting out in business i mean it's great i love it like i sit on panels for the government and stuff like that and um, like I'm all about young people getting into business. Like that's the way forward. That's the only way, and especially now, like that's the only way that this country and this basically world is going to pull out the other end is by mm. self-employed people or like business people coming through. Um, because I mean, like the hotel industry is fucked. The uh, hospitality industry is gone. Like pubs are probably going to be a thing of the past, and in, in, in a couple of months' time, you know, it'll not be the same. Like you'll not be able to go to why not till three in the morning probably this time next year you know i think these kind of places will all be gone and mm. it's i mean it's a sin because I, I lived in why not for years do you know what i mean till three in the morning five in the morning when the festival and stuff was on so you know it's like, i feel like the younger generation now are having a lot of stuff taken away from them education and stuff like that but look that's probably a whole podcast on its own is about mm. this whole 
corona pish, but um, you know, uh, like we probably could dive into another episode of that. But um, I, I think um, the whole mindset thing is is key, um, and being around the older people and learning from them is is also key as well. Mm, so it sounds like if you were to have someone like yourself speaking to like you know someone you, you, I know you said that the younger generation you didn't want to sound negative it, it didn't sound re- negative it sounded like you wanted to resonate with that that generation because you've been through it and you want to offer that helping hand instead of just yeah. like just keeping your mouth shut and just observing it yeah. 100% yeah yeah, and then you know, like that's why I'm saying, like, I'm I'm happy to to give my time, you know, as long as nobody takes a piss, I'm happy to help someone achieve something in life or achieve a goal, you know. If if I if I've got the knowledge and I know how to get there or or ways to get there, like I'm happy to share that. Mm-hmm. But I need to be able to see it. I need to be able to to see it in the eyes. I need to be able to hear it in the voice. I need to be able to know that you know, they're ready to, to actually push on with this business idea. Then it's not just, oh, one week I've got this idea and the next week I've got this other idea and the week after that, oh, by the way, like these other ideas, they'll, they'll never work, but this one will. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mate, your head's all over the place. Like you need to go and find out what you need to do first or what you want to do and then come back to me. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, 100%, I, I love helping younger generation try and achieve something um and as i say like i think that is the only way that this country is going to be able to pull out is this yeah. is by the younger generation getting because i mean there's only going to be any jobs like you know there's going to be short as your jobs and this and it's the younger generation are going to suffer mm-hmm. and i feel really sorry for them um because it's not their fault yeah you, you seem like you've you've got a you had a talent from listening to uh, your upbringing and some of the the tendencies that that you had, it seemed like you you had a natural talent for it. But but how far does talent actually get you? Um, depends on where you want to go with it. Um, like what avenue you want to go down with. It. Mm, so, how so let's let's keep it for the 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 business world. How far does so let's say, you know like someone like yourself who's ta- obviously are talented at being an, that, an entrepreneur and and chasing that dream but do, do people do you think people realize enough how much hours you've actually put into building to where you are now is yeah. that something you think people overlook um uh, like like i mean like so when i had the letting agency um, one of our key selling points were we were the first letting agency to open from eight in the morning till 11 at night. Um, and we were open seven days a week and we used to do viewings from eight in the morning till nine at night. Now, when I first started, that was me. Like I was there eight in the morning till 11 at night, seven days a week. Um, so, and then it, like the team grew and stuff like that. So then I could pass the buck and stuff, but um like now, like for the last couple of weeks, have been a bit different. But um, you know, like, like I work um, probably 
12 hours a day, every day. Maybe a Saturday or a Sunday, I, I'm, I may be off. Um, but yeah, like constant. Like, so everything comes to your phone nowadays, like your Apple Watch as well. Mm -hmm. Notifications come. So you can never hide through these kind of things. So you're constantly working, like regardless of where you are or what you're doing. You know, I could be playing golf and like I get an email through my watch, you know. So I, straight away I look at it and read it, you know, or I reply to it or whatever. So um, I think you're always working. So people probably think that success comes from doing no Like people probably think I just like play golf all the time, right? Probably because that's maybe what I post on on social media. You know what I mean? So people probably think like, oh, he's just, oh, it's a great life, you know, playing golf all the time. That's only four hours out of my day. Mm -hmm. I've been up since five in the morning. So, and I'll probably be doing emails to customers or clients at 11 at night or 12 at night when they're probably watching Netflix or in their bed or uh, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that four hours breaks up my day. You know, so that that's another key thing as well is people just get stuck in this rut of like, let's just say nine to five. It's maybe a wee bit different now because a lot of people are working from home. So, you know, people get stuck in this rut of working constantly. But actually, if you take half an hour out and go a run, or if you take an hour out and go a walk or whatever, you'll mm -hmm. probably be more productive like when I come home for the golf course, uh, generally I've only played golf once this week, right? And that was a day. Um, and it sounds like I'm saying it like I, I play all the time, but I don't. But I feel guilty because I've been away from my baby, my business, mm -hmm. right? For four hours. So it's like you leaving a kid in in a cupboard for four hours. <laughs> like probably have the social works at your door in the morning, right? But it feels like you've neglected this thing for four hours. So you feel guilty. So I'm straight back. Like, and literally I'm like emailing, you know, because I feel really bad. So, but it's also about having this, now I'm not going to say work-life balance because I think that's a lot of shit, but it's about having just a balance in life of what you do, how you enjoy yourself, how you work, and what makes you productive. You need to find that balance. This work-life balance thing, it's, it's a lot of bollocks. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't work for four hours and then like do this and do that, but but you've got to find what what makes you tick, and you've got to find what makes you recover throughout that day. Because if you just go hammer and tong all day every day, you'll burn yourself out. Mm. Absolutely burn yourself out. Um, so you need to be consistent, and consistency consistency is a key to success. Um, and and everything you do, whether it be business, whether it be life, whether it be football whether it be podcast and whatever, you need to be consistent. If you're not consistent, you're just mediocre like everyone else. Yeah. It's, uh, I've seen a, a good analogy the other day, which was about the, the length of time it takes for uh, a river to cut through rock. Yeah. That constant persistence and that, that energy flowing over the rock, is, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It's, it takes consistency it takes a lot a yeah. lot of, of of hours spent doing x y or z to 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 get to where you want to be with it and yeah. and that's something that i'm taking away from this podcast especially you because you seem like you've you've just you've envisioned what you want 
and you're self-aware enough to make it happen and you're talking about finding uh, not a work-life balance but a balance where you won't burn yourself out but you're still on track and on the right trajectory to achieve what you want to achieve. Yep. So that's yep. something that I find inspiring and I think a lot of people will as well. And and obviously Letting Cloud now is is your baby, like you've said. Yep. So I'm interested to see what your your one year plan and your five year plan going forward to especially in light with everything that's happening at the minute, yeah. how does how does Letting Cloud morph to the situation that's unfolding? in the economy and and in the this new world that's been has is developing right in front of our eyes so you know like where there's somebody where there's some where there's a negative for someone there's always a positive for someone else um and look it could be could happen to anybody and it probably has happened to people and i'm not be the only one that's had a positive out of this whole stuff but for us um, like as a business this has been like amazing for us because we've been able to just while everyone else and like other companies like other companies that do similar to what we do um, you know they've been furloughed so they're straight away the staffing's reduced so their, their activities lower um, you know I've hired people during lockdown we've had a new website built during lockdown Um you know, I've invested more money into it during lockdown. Um, you know, we've just, honestly, we've just, it's taken us to new levels. Um, but now that the market's starting to open up again, we can see that people have now came back off furlough other companies. So other companies are going, how the fuck have they had so much success during lockdown? What have they done? So now they're starting to see that they're copying us on Instagram they're copying our posts on, on social media. They're looking at what we're doing. They're setting up new ideas to copy what we're doing, you know? So it just shows you that, like, from going from, from, a, from a company that was basically a nothing to going from some, a company that's now something, because you know, we've not made, like, I'm absolutely nowhere near where I want this to go. Um, you know, I see this as... I might sound like an absolute prick when I say this, but I see this as the next billion pound company to come out of Edinburgh. Um, and, you know, last year I was put up for an award and, you know, the, the people that, that wrote the article said that, you know, this could be the next billion pound unicorn to come out of Edinburgh. Unicorns are a big word. I don't really like using unicorn because, you know, unicorns can fail and there's only out in 100 unicorns, one's only going to, be successful hence the reason why it's called the unicorn mm. um but you know like I, I look at my mates ben and lewis who started gymshark lewis exited um a couple of years ago um is now doing his own thing um and you've got ben who's now uh, sold shares in the business and the business is now worth over 1.4 or 1.5 billion pound um you've got other mate reese Rabara, who's got manny and devoir and um, like the fashion label mdv um, and he's, I don't know what he's, so he's projecting that he'll, he'll have his business to like a hundred milk. So our, our industry is like a 2.2 or 2.4 billion pound industry mm. each year. So our, our rivals, that's what combined, that's what they make. 
Now they only target the UK. So Light and Cloud is a so if, if anyone who doesn't really know what Light and Cloud is, um, it's basically like a an advertising portal for letting agents and landlords. So if you're a letting agent, you come on board, you advertise your property. If you like Gary Tickle or the 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 tenant and you're looking to move into this property in Princess Street or George Street, whatever, you'll come onto our website, you'll look for it, and then you'll arrange a viewing through the agent who advertises. So it's basically like Zoopla, right move. Mm-hmm. That's the same kind of thing. So they're like a Warner, they're our, they're our competitors. Um, the difference between us is we are the first um, letting portal to be the whole of the UK. So um, nobody else does it. We're the first people to come to market and do it. So we're creating a, a household brand. You know, if I asked to say to you right now, um, there's a street, there's a house in your street for sale. Where would you go? Like, what website would you go to to have a look for it? Mm. There's nothing that comes right on my tip of my tongue yet. So a majority of people will say, "I'll oh, go right move or Zoopla," mm. you know. But they're not really interested in the letting market. So we want to be that name, or we will be that name that says, you know, if you say, "Oh, by the way, there's a house over there for 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 rent or to let." Um, fire on letting cloud you'll probably find it on there we want to be that household brand um so yeah so that's like that's where where we're going um so it's been like this lockdown's been good for us as i hate to say it that way but it has been really good for us um it's a sad situation that we're in um but you know you've just got to take the positive out of it um and and just go with it so the one-year plan. So in the February two thousand uh, December uh, December two thousand in this year, it'll be our one-year cycle. So our website will have been live for a year. Our new website went live in July. Um, so we'll be able to get starts of a full-year cycle in December this year. The the business will be officially two years old and uh, yeah two years old in 2021, February 21. Um, but yeah, so we'll have a full year cycle in December. So we'll know roughly like where we are, what we want to do. Um, we've launched, we're launched in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Perth, um, starting to launch in Dundee, Aberdeen, um, Fife. And now we're starting to now move north of the border. It's a wee bit harder just now because obviously everything that's going on. So that's probably one of the obstacles that's holding us back. Um, but the like, our next one is Newcastle, London, Manchester, Liverpool. So by the end of the next two years, three years, we will be in every major city in the UK. Um, so, and to be honest, the five-year plan never really thought that far ahead because I never ever thought we were, at this stage I would have been this far ahead. You know, because we've never we've never raised any money for investment yet. That is the next stage. Um, so I never, ever, ever thought I would be where I am now with this this business. Um, so I, n- I never tend to look too far ahead either. Um, I, I, in my head, I know where I'm going. Like I'm sitting, it's right in front of me here, like our five year, where the vision is for five years. Um, but the, and that's just there, just because I'm I'm a man, like I'm very like reminder focused. So like I always have like things that come up on my phone like remind me so every time i've got like a lock screen it's a quote for that month mm-hmm. you know um so i'm, I'm kind of that kind of like f- focal person as well 
Um, so yeah, so I, I, I'd say a three-year plan is probably the furthest that will actually go on paper. Yeah. Five years in my head, I know where I'm wanting to be. Um, but like in in ten years' time, you know, I, I, I'd I'd like this to be before ten years actually. But in ten years' time, I'd like to be this to be like worldwide. So like international, like like Uber, like Airbnb, that that kind of model. Um, so yeah, that's that's the key for it anyway. Um, how long it actually takes us to get there is is a little bit different, depending on how this malarkey pl- plans out. Plans out. Yep. So what what inspires Grant to keep going on a day to day basis? Because by the sounds of it, it, sounds like you're a really busy man with with you know letting cloud and and the things you've got going on what what keep what inspires you to keep and keep pushing the envelope um i don't know it's a good question because people ask me this all the time like people say is it like are you doing it to prove people wrong are you like are you doing it for yourself ego are you doing it to, to for your ego like i do it because i know that i can like yeah, I'd love to prove people wrong. Like, I've got loads of haters. I know that for a fact. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got people that probably think I bullshit and people that probably think I just post stuff for the sake of posting stuff. When in actual fact, like, you know, anything that I've posted is is, is facts. Um, and I'm very, like, I shoot for the hip, so I'm very straight speaking. Like, if, I, if it's black and you tell me it's grey and I know for a fact that it's black, like, I'll argue to the point that, like I've actually convinced you it's black because it is. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's maybe a wee bit arrogant, but you know, it's, I don't think so. Um, so I, I, I don't really know to be honest. Like I'm just motivated to to do well. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Like people would probably be happy with the situation that I'm in, but um, like. And it's you don't get greedier as as you go along. Like I nowhere like I'm not a greedy person, but like I have a vision, and I know where I want to go, and I know how I'm going to get there. Just people throw obstacles in my way, and like not physically people, but you know, like things happen that knock you off your your track a bit, or um, you know, you get so far ahead, and then you're like, yes, I'm. I'm I'm like way ahead here and then like boom, something happens. Do you know what I mean? Like you got a flat tire. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh fuck, that was like 400 pound or whatever it is for a tire. Um, so yeah, like, uh, so I probably do do it for a bit to prove people wrong, but that's that's not my agenda at all. Um, I do it because I get up every day because I know I'm not where I want to be. You know, I have a vision of where I want to be, and it's certainly not anywhere near there yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that that's the reason why why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's you know I'm 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 Grant McCusker. I've been in the business world for for twelve years. I've I've got I've amassed this experience, but I also realise my potential, and I want to fulfil my potential. Yeah. Does that sound does that sound familiar? It's 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 it seems yeah. I mean, like people. Like would, vibe. Yeah, when I sold my my letting agency, people probably would have happily just ticked the box and probably walked away and lived happily ever after. That's not me. Like genuinely, that's not me. 
Um, and money doesn't motivate me at all. Um, freedom does. Freedom is what motivates me. So, as I said to you, like, going out on a golf course for four hours, like, for me, that's success. Because I'm being able to take four hours out of my day to go and play golf while other people are having to work. Um, because I've achieved the success that I'm allowed to, to go and do that. Yeah? Yeah, I will have to come home and, as I said to you, catch up on emails or do the work till midnight. Or I'm fine with that. Like, I'm happy with that because I know that I'm achieving the success I want to achieve and I've gained that basically respect kind of thing that I'm allowed to go out there for four hours and, and play golf. You know, I didn't just go, I keep saying golf, I don't know why, but it's just because we were chatting golf before, yeah. before we started. Um, but, you know, like even just going to like Costa, so I like, I love Costa. I'll just go and sit in Costa for maybe like an hour, maybe a bit different now because everything that's going on, but like, and people would be like, oh, mate, like, every time I see you, you're always in Costa. Like, you've never, ever seen me in Costa. Trust me, I've never seen you in Costa. You've looked at my Instagram and you've seen on my story that I'm sitting in Costa, yeah? Because I've posted that and you've seen that. So you, you just automatically think that I'm there every day, you know? Maybe I am, but, you know. <laughs> Besides the you point. Fine, what's your problem? But for me, <laughs> the... Um, so I, I can go there, I can have a coffee, I can uh, do work, I can just zone out because I'm not in that business environment, zone out and, and just get on with it, you know? So mm. I, I, I know where I want to go and I know where I want to, to be, I'm just nowhere near that stage yet. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tailing off towards the end of this podcast, wrapping it up a bit, what would be your top advice for someone who's probably who's the same sort of setup as where I am right now, who's, who's trying to make it, make it, make their mark on culture and business and, and, and things like that. What would be your number one advice about finding your passion and creating some sort of business or, or creating a, some, some way to facilitate the lifestyle you want? What would be the number one piece of advice you'd offer them up oh, um, depends on where they are on the journey but find find what you want to do um, you know, I speak to loads of people business or whatever and you know like find what you want to do and then validate what you want to do and then do it because what happens is if you don't and as, and as I said this earlier on in the podcast, you, you end up finding yourself down a rabbit hole that you've wasted a year or two years and maybe a lot of money or you've maybe not wasted any money, but time's just as valuable as money because you can, you can make money later on in life by doing something else. You'll never, ever make time back again because it's gone. So you've got to try and weigh up like, you know, if I'm going to waste, you know, if I want to do something, I want to try it out. I'll give it like, Six months. If it's not worked in the six months, it's bombed. It's out the window. Because I can't afford to waste any more time trying to do something that takes longer. So for me, it would be find, find what you want to do. Be, find out who the best in, the, in that market that you want to do. So for example, let's just take you. So if you want to do podcasting full time, right, 
you, you can do it. You've got a platform. You're started, right? Tick box ticked. Who's the best at podcasting in your in your like in your industry? It would be Joe Rogan, right? So how can you be as good as Joe Rogan? You know, and I can say this because obviously like, I had a podcast as well. So um, well, I have a podcast. It's just on hold. But like you know, this is how I looked at it when I wanted to do it. How can I be the best at podcasting? How can you be the best at podcasting? So you've got to listen to who's good and who's shit and who's in the middle. And you've got to go in the middle and then progress through there. Because if you start at the bottom at who's shit, you're only going to hit the middle and you're never going to hit the heights. But if you start in the middle, you you know that the only place up for, for you is up the way. Yeah, because you're not going to go down the way because you're doing better than them anyway. So you need to go up the way. So you're like, right, I could go up the way for here. So, you know, before you know it, you're maybe like sitting fourth or fifth in the, the business section or mindset section or whatever on the, on Apple Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever. How can you go for there? So you, to the next level. So it's always about climbing a mountain, you know, what business and life isn't just a straight road. Anyone who tells you that it's like a flat straight road is talking bullshit. Like there's more hills and obstacles in life and business that are thrown at you every day or every every hour of the day that makes that a you know a, a hill walking journey. Um. So my my top advice would be find what you want to do. Make sure that you you've got the 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 you know the the path to do it first, and then find out who's the best. Take their good. Take their bad and take the middle bits of their businesses or whatever it is and, and pick it and then create your own idea or create your own identity and go with it. Um, that would be mine. Um, you know, you didn't need money to start a business. People will tell you you need thousands and all the rest of it. it. depends on what you want to do. You know, you do need some money sometimes, but, you know, if, you know, I started a business with a thousand pounds and that's got me to where I am now. So, you know, a thousand pounds people can spend that and i've said this in the podcast earlier people can spend that on a pair of trainers a pair of jeans and a jumper for one night out mm-hmm. people can spend that on one pair of shoes you know a pair of the boot ones is about a grand and people buy that just to look good so you know you've got to think wise that thousand pounds where could that get me to the next level in business that's what i want to be that's what i want to achieve let's do it so that would be my my key tip to to go into business. Well, I, I I respect that a lot, and admire I admire you for 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 being able to articulate in such a a, a great way. Because I don't know, I got a bit goosebumps when you were talking about it. Like, cause it was, I don't know, it just res to me. It resonates. It does resonate. And we've not touched upon um, the fact that you do have your own your own podcast, and it's a brain fuel podcast. You're able to touch on some of the, the, the experiences and, and, and sort of um, for me it was just um, you know I've wanted to do a podcast for years and uh, never really n- knew or like, every time I came up with an idea somebody else was, was releasing it and you know I was just like oh that'd be like another podcast and another person and then during lockdown I was just like it was so much easier to get a hold of people now it's a wee bit different and also you know letting clouds back it was never ever quiet but it's you know it's taken off to the next level and we're back in full swing again so you know it's, it's quite hard because you know yourself it takes a long time to do a podcast um we we're probably like about an hour and a half or whatever in and 
you know, you've now got to edit this and, and all the rest of it. So it takes time. Um, you've got to queue up your guests and, like, you know, and some people will just be like, sorry, I don't do podcasts. You know, you try and go for big hitters. Um, so, like, you know, I had, like, the guy for The Apprentice, Z on mine. Um, and, you know, it went, so we were four times. I was sitting here ready for him to record. And four times he rejected because he was like, oh, my meetings have overran. I can't do the day. Reschedule, you know, so you're like, fucking hell. So next week, you're having to change your diary to fit him in. And then he does the same again. And um, eventually, you know, I got him down and tied him down, not physically, but, you know, I managed <laughs> to get him tied down on Zoom. And uh, we, we nailed it in. It was a really, really good podcast. Um, but... It's just on hold just now, just because like, I, I just genuinely don't have the time to do it. Um, and it's something that, you know, I really did enjoy it. Um, and it will come back again. But just when I'll find out, you know, I'll just, once once it's right and I feel the right time again, um, I'll, I'll do it. But, um, and I'm this is probably the first podcast I've probably ever sat on. Um, so you know, I don't know. You might feel honoured. Um, Certainly, am. but the, the I, I didn't, I didn't really do things like this because I think it's. A, I always find it's like it. So this is another thing as well. I always find that people do stuff for ego boosting. You know, so like me sitting here chatting to you, like I'm not doing it for an ego boost. Like I genuinely couldn't give two f- shits about my ego. Um, but I'm doing it because I know that like you're a young lad and you'll have a lot of young listeners so you know i think to myself how could i inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs to come through or business people to come through you know is it going on to jimmy's podcast who's 70 and wants to talk about bowling you know and that's not gonna i'm not gonna achieve anything by doing that you know what i mean mm. um and you know uh, uh yeah i like it's it's there. It'll still be there. It'll still stay there. Um, when it comes back, I don't know. I'll get you on it. And when I start it back, <laughs> appreciate you saying that. Um, appreciate you saying that. So, how can people find find your podcast? And there is there's quite a number of episodes up for people. Um, to uh, listen I think to. there was like eleven or twelve. I think we we had done. Um, it's Brainfield Podcast that's on Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever whatever medium, Google podcast or whatever it's called mm-hmm. um it's on every single platform that you can get for podcasts it's on there brain fuel podcast um, you can get a hold of me i'm on twitter i'm on instagram um, and it's all at grant mccusker so it's easy enough uh, if well, if you spell my second name right but <laughs> i'll pop up somewhere along the, the line um, and people can follow lightning cloud um, it's just at lightning cloud so um yeah it's they're all there um, and as I say, if, look, I'm happy to speak to anyone, happy to to help anyone to the next direction or whatever. Um, but I just didn't take the piss because that's like it's my time, and mm-hmm. you know, like uh, my time's valuable, and um, yep. everybody's time's valuable, you know. So it's just about if somebody respects that and, and uses it well. So like, I'll happily talk to anybody and help them in business or give them pointers or whatever. Um, I'm just I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a leg. Uh, you're fulfilling a legacy, and it's, and that's something I realised today because, like you're saying, time's valuable, time's precious. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned legacy there, and that's probably a whole new podcast on its own as well. But like, look, I, I don't know when I die, I die, and 
you know, I, there'll be more people at my funeral than probably at my twenty-first, um, purely because I'll, people are rather see you dead than alive. Like as much as that sounds weird and horrible, but um, people would rather see the back of you, or people would rather see you fail than succeed, and that's just the kind of generation that we live in. Um, so you know, I, I didn't want to leave a legacy that, oh, the, when Grant's did, he was a great guy. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm not. They'll be like Grant was a cunt and he was a prick. Do you know what I mean? And pff, they can say what they want. I'm did, but what I would, what I, what my my aim is, and you know, and it's not my aim, but this is. Like the way I look at it is, I would rather leave a legacy now, and help people now, than be like, when I'm dead. You know what I mean? Like I've still got a long time to go yet. I think, you know. Hopefully. But <laughs> hopefully, but um, you know, I'd rather people got the benefit of now, as opposed to later on when I'm dead. So yeah, I mean, it depends on how you look at legacy. Um, you know, I'd rather leave a legacy now than later on. You never know when a golf ball can come flying over and scalp you in the heat, eh? Mate, it's more likely to go all the way around. When I'm playing, <laughs> I'm likely to kill someone else. Oh, I'll bring my crash helmet then. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, like I said, mate, I'm going to link all of your, your socials, including Lightning Cloud Brain Fuel, and your personal, um, your personal usernames in the description of the podcast. And uh, once more, mate, I appreciate you massively taking time at your, your busy schedule to come on and just absolutely razz on this this podcast with value, mate. You've dropped value after value. Um, knowledge nuggets is, is a term that I like to, to say. So, like I said, man, I, I appreciate it massively and I'm sure that everyone who's listened today is, is, is going to take something away from it. So, for that, no thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Thank you. Appreciate it, man.